This episode of Lonely Wonderland and the Twilight Zone Reviews brought to you by some drunk lady at a party. Phoenix West, the Twilight Zone episode review show. Hello, citizens. Welcome to LIW, the Twilight Zone Review. I'm Phoenix West. So today's episode is 115, I Shot an Arrow into the Air. It's a complete sentence. I'm a, I like that, I guess. That's a little, that's half of a nursery rhyme, which they do say in the show. Never heard it before, other than this, outside of this episode, I mean. And other than the song I just played. Um, I'm gonna, I don't know if I'm going to play that song before this, but I'm going to assume I did. Hopefully I remember when I'm done to put that song in. I don't know. I drank a lot. We'll find out. Right now I'm drinking coffee, though, so so we're good there. I'll probably remember. Okay, this episode, this is one of those memorable ones, but it also, they spell it out way too much too early, and we'll get there in a minute. So this one starts off with a, spa- it's a spaceship called Arrow One. Four and a half years in the making. A thousand years of technology. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, four and a half years? That's, that's really it? That's all it took? You th- you'd think it would take 40-some years to build a spaceship like that. The first one of its kind. But they're going sci-fi. They're going whatever. Futuristic-y. Okay, that's fine. Um, I think they went so long or so short with the time, so that when, if they, when they get stranded, you're not like, oh, it took 40 years? Yeah, well, you're just going to live and die there, because you guys are 40, so that's it. You're not going to survive. You die. It kind of it gives it more of a... Like, in the movie Moon, he has to live... I think he does three-year cycles, so he that's as long as he has to go before someone comes and gets him. So it's it's a reasonable amount of time while still being a long time that you have to worry about you know living elements like water, food, and comfort. You have to get comfortable. You have to keep your sanity. That's more the problem here in this episode. Obviously, the uh, they show the clock and the countdown. It's like this is the last last five seconds before man shot an arrow into the air. And I'm like, I like that. I like that. The I didn't know what the arrow was going to be when I. When I first started watching this, because I didn't know what episode it was until it started playing, I, the opening isn't doesn't always help. So I was like, "What? Which one's this? Is it the one where they find the little tiny people and then the guy stomps on them, and, or is it like then they make fun of on the Simpsons, or is it?" And there's a bunch of space ones like this where they find all the mannequins. I don't know. There's, but this is the one where they get stranded on an asteroid and they one guy loses it. Just fucking cannot keep his shit together. So. They sh- they cut back after the, the the opening the credits opening credits then it's the guy and it's in like the NASA room and it still has the Forbidden Planet stuff in there from the last episode that we that we watched one fourteen and a guy writes unreported on this it's like a two or it's, I guess it's just a basically a, a, a window but it has you know the radar the sonar screen on there it has the north south east west thing. And it's kind of—it's just where they can keep track of where the ship was the last time they checked in. And he wrote unreported in giant black letters, or he—he t- he, he paints it on the window backward. And I'm like, why don't you just put a little symbol, like unreported, for this? This is the unreported triangle. 
This is the unreported, I don't know, fucking swastika. Something better than literally writing out unreported giant across the, the whole glass. Because you can only do that three or four times and your, your glass is useless. So why don't every hour when you check in just write a little triangle or something. A little, little U, I don't know. Unreported, uh, something like that, obviously. An X for not for no signal. I don't know, something obviously better than that. I know it's just for us, so we know what that means, but they could have said a line of dialogue, like, he puts a U, and they go, ugh, still unreported. That would have been fine, because they do that all the time in this show, where they explain everything. They, all, like I said, they just explained, right after that, that Bob Donlin's piloting this, this ship, and that he would definitely would have told them if they were changing course, and that the eight-man crew has disappeared. And then the one guy walks over to the window, and he's like, I shot an arrow into the air. It landed, I know not where. I was like, that was poetic, random man. That was very poetic. And he goes, it's a nursery rhyme for the age of space. I was like, okay, <laughs> I guess, if that's what you want to go. It's only a nursery rhyme for the age of space if you don't have radio communication in this particular instance. If you do have radio communication, you know where it landed. So I guess it works. I guess it works. I really don't have a problem with it. It just doesn't really make sense. It's a good, good expression, though. Good idiom. The arrow, the the actual arrow, the the ship, the arrow, crash lands on an asteroid. They explain that there was an explosion on board. This is all Bob writing in his journal. And then they followed by an electricity going out. And then Bob's like, oh, that's, all, that's all I remember. What about you guys? And that's an important thing to keep in mind. That he remembers how it happened. Okay? He remembers the explosion and then the electricity going out keep that in mind for later okay the 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 living people are bob Corey, and pearson and then plus there's an injured navigator i think his name is jim they explain that later but they said all the names i was fucking listening there's too many names to write down the bob oh excuse me Corey is just kind of an asshole he's like the younger guy in the crew meaning he's 46 but actually, he's not because Pearson's younger. Now that I think about it, looks wise, which was exactly how you told people people's age back then. Not so much now with all the makeup and surgery and shit. Well, I'm way off topic. Anyway, Bob is writing his journal. Corey gets all pissed off because Corey's character is that he hates everything all the time for all the reasons. Just all all the reasons. He just hates because he loves to hate. He's just a guy addicted to hate and water. So. He walks away, and then Bob loudly, loudly asks Pearson, like, what the hell is Corey's deal over there? Oh, my God. And he's right there. Corey, there's no fucking way Corey can't hear him. And he starts giving water to the injured man. Corey freaks out about how he shouldn't do that. He's going to be dead by midday and blah, blah, blah. And Bob says, you know, if he dies, he dies. But nobody gets behind the push. I was like, oh, almost. He almost had it. He <laughs> almost... Did the exact same quote, but then you added a little flair in the end because you're not a piece of shit movie. I really don't like Rocky IV that much. It's 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 the worst. I, people pretend to like that movie more than they should. It's not a good movie. It's really kind of terrible. It's it's a good like good bad movie. I'll give it that. But there's four or five better Rockies than that. It's literally the second worst Rocky. Oh, Rocky, what happened? So Pearson, uh, excuse me, Bob goes, Pearson, start digging the graves. Right in front of this guy, who, who knows he's going to die soon. 
He's like, I'll relieve you in five minutes, and then Corey will relieve me. And stares at him deep in his eyes, deep in his hazel eyes, probably. I don't know. There's no. It's a black and white show. And I was like, ooh, where? What? Ooh, Jesus, dude. He's got a thing for Corey. He's like Topanga. He's just got a thing for the sea. Sea's sea. He wants it. He wants it deep inside of him. Holy shit. This is weird. Uh, okay, they they have a quick little explanation. This one's going to be all up, all over the place because it's like a montage episode. They show a little, little vignette here, then a little vignette here, a little piece of time. And it's just all over the place. Uh, but they have a little conversation about, he's like, wow. Pearson goes, Bob, look at the sun. It's, it's weird. And Bob's like, yeah, I know. It's exactly the size of the sun we're used to. So it means it's in the same orbit as Earth. And there's no radiation, and there's breathable oxygen. It's very strange. And I was like, wow, you, you ruined the fucking plot already. If you can't figure out what the twist is at this exact moment, I feel bad for you. I feel really, really bad for you. Uh, it's they, they might as well have went, hey, wouldn't it be crazy if we were stranded on Earth instead of an asteroid? An asteroid? An uncharted asteroid. Wouldn't that be crazy if we were actually on Earth the whole time? <laughs> anyway, let's kill Corey. Like, I, I, that's the only way that could have been more obvious. Holy shit. So Corey fights Bob about giving Jim water. And then Jim dies. And then Pearson has to give him shit. Like, you don't have to worry about him drinking water anymore, Corey. He just died. Okay, you dick. So Corey walks over to take uh, Jim's water because he's dead. And Pearson says a strange quote. It's like, if I catch you filching just one more time. And I was like, filching. It reminds me of felching, which is a disgusting act that you will have to look up on your own. And if I do a video show, I'll show you guys how to do it. I just need a partner, if anybody's interested in that, to felch with me. Okay, but felching is disgusting. If you ever want to look it up, go look it up. Um, filching, no. I, I assume that's stealing felches. I don't know what that is. I, I, it doesn't sound any, it's, it's one letter off. It's, it's an I instead of an E. That's really it. It's just felch filch. It's, it's too close for comfort for me. And I realized back then there probably was no felching, obviously, because people weren't the absolute worst pieces of shit, quite literally pieces of shit, uh, that you can imagine. So later on, they decide to break up at night and then walk. Or two two man groups are going to walk, and then of course Bob's in command, so he decides not to walk because he's old and chubbier than the other two. So he's like, "Let's send the psychopath out." No matter what, the psychopath has to do the walking because a you can't leave the psychopath back at camp. Who knows what he'll do by himself? He might just leave you, steal all your shit. I don't know. He has to go with somebody so that they can keep an eye on him. And this is where. <laughs> I wish they would have played more into the dynamic of we have to maintain this psychopath for as long as we can. I think if this were made into a movie, it would have played out a lot better. It's just kind of touch on it here and there in, the, in the, this episode. This And if it was a movie, if they spelled out the fucking twist ending that much, it would have been a real piece of shit turd movie. Um, speaking of felching, there's... A scene where Bob's sitting there at camp, and then Corey returns, and he says he must have walked 15 miles, and he's just all tired, and he sits down, and he drinks water like a goddamn lunatic. Like, he doesn't just drink it, he drinks it, and then half the water goes down his neck, down his mouth, you know, down his neck, onto his shirt. 
And I'm like, if water is at this this much of a premium, keep it in your mouth. Every drop is precious at this point. Uh, this is a fucking new dildo. And he says Pearson went south and he went west towards nothing. And Bob acu- flat out accuses of him of pretty much murder. And he goes, well, not even pretty much murder, just flat out murder. He goes, you left with half a half full water canteen. You came back with it three quarters full. What'd you do with the body, Corey? What'd you do with it? Show me where it is. You're going to show me where it is. That over overacting, Twilight Zone acting, and I love so much. That sounds super sarcastic, but I do love it. It works, like I said, in the first episode that I did of this. Um, I believe it, the episode's called One. Um, this is 15. I The overacting only works in this show, but that's what the, it's like a staple of the show, so it works for this show. I've seen it in other things during this era, and it doesn't play off as well. It doesn't play off at all. It, and there's other things in the era of this, you know, early 60s, late 50s, where they just can flat out act and it's fine but this they can act and they ham it up it's a very weird combination and it fucking works i just want to make it be clear that i'm not making fun of the acting because i genuinely love it i really do it is so over the top and amazing and i don't even like it in an ironic way i just flat out like it it works for this I'm not. I'm not a big fan of liking things for ironic reasons. Um, anyway, the, the uh, Corey pretty much immediately breaks down like a pussy and tells him where the body is that he found him face down. That he took his water because he didn't know what else to do. He knew he wouldn't believe him, so he just took the water and came back. And then Corey's like, or uh, Bob's like, "You're gonna take me to the body. We're gonna walk there. You hear me? You're gonna walk." And Corey's like, "Oh, what a walk!" And Bob takes his gun, and they start. Well, they leave, and during the hike for Pearson's body, Corey's like, "I gotta rest. I gotta rest." And he sits down. and He drinks water with such a reckless abandon. Again, it's like he. It's like they they got stranded in the desert with the one human being addicted to water. And if I can go into story mode here, I remember when I was in. Oh, I must have just been after high school, college. I guess I'm thinking. I'm trying to think of the year. It must have been college. Um, I drank water out of a water bottle. Just like I would drink it, refill it, drink it, refill it, just nonstop. Just like one of those little small water bottles. So, I, and I got I realized at a Dane Cook concert, I brought the water bottle in with me. This is before you you know they thought there were bombs. Water was bombs, and it was at a, it was at well, like Kalamazoo College or some weird fucking place like that. And I went in there, and like it was like an hour and a half concert, and then I realized I was like freaking out i was sweating i was uncontrolled i mean my mouth was just dry and i was like freaking out and i realized like oh my god i'm addicted to water like i i haven't had it in like 20 minutes this is how much how many times i drank that water bottle i didn't have it for 20 minutes and i was freaking out i couldn't handle it i couldn't even enjoy my dang cook okay you know how hard that is okay (sighs) so it is possible to be addicted to water uh, this guy seems like you know classic example. Uh, at, at WA, we we talk about this. Uh, hello, my name is Phoenix Wilkes, and I'm I'm a waterholic. You know, it takes a lot, and I, I could go anonymous there, but since it's my show, I'll just I'll say my name. It's fine. We'll we'll do that. The like, like I said, he's bent over, he's drinking the water, and he ties it ties his shoe. Bob's just watching him the whole time, and then 
Corey grabs a rock right in front of Bob, right in front of him. And I was like, what are you doing? He, he's just watching you. He's just watching you. And he just sets the rock back down. And I'm like, what, what was your plan there, buddy? He's too far away to hit with the rock. He's going to see it, and he has the guns. You got nothing. So, see, it was kind of smart to drop the rock. It comes across as a great moment of panic in a guy who's desperate all the time for some reason because of his water addiction. His severe water addiction led him here. It's a gateway drug that leads the rock to head smashing. It's a brutal fucking drug, guys. Water is the enemy. Burn it. And then when it goes in the air and comes back down as rain, you burn the rain. I set fire to the rain. That's right. That's right. I went there. So Pearson's body's gone by the time they get to this weird little crevice where it's supposed to be. And then they have a little argument about, where is it? What did you do with the body? Did you even try to help him? You just left him there, didn't you? And then they find the body like five yards away. And I was like, okay, that was that was pointless. <laughs> like, what? And then Pearson tries to tell Bob. And he draws some things in the ground. And I'm like, oh, they're electrical wires. I've seen the episode before. Yep. And then he dies. He just Bob's holding him on his lap. They're laying there in the sand. And then Pearson dies and then does this hilarious, throws his body forward and does like a somersault down the, down the fucking small hill. It is the smallest hill you'll ever see. And I was like, why did you get so much momentum when you were limp? You were dead. You weren't like, he wasn't standing and then fell. He was already laying flat without moving. Unless Bob just threw his ass off of him. I don't know why he just rolled away. But it does foreshadow what happens to Bob. Because Bob runs away, excited to see what Pearson drew, left behind the gun. And a little tangent there. Why did he... A, why did he leave the gun behind? You got a dangerous psychopath with you. If, if Bob would have picked up that gun, he would have lived. But uh, second point, and the, the more relevant one, is why did they bring World War Two? Wow, why can't I say that? World War II machine guns with them. That's just a flat-out a war gun. This is a war gun made for war. It's it's literally a World War II machine gun. I, I, if I knew gun names, I would say it. I just, I just I've seen this gun before. But it's a huge gun with like this big stock and, and this. It's just it's massive in all angles, and I'm like, they have a pistol. They all have pistols. And I don't get why they need. They think they need pistols in space. But whatever, I'll forego that. They don't know space. They think there might be aliens. I don't know why they have guns. I really don't. They're not going to fight anybody. They're just going. So, what's wrong with just the pistols then? Because they sit in your hip. They don't take up space. They don't weigh much. They are easily concealed. You can run with it, especially in the desert. It's not going to weigh you down at all. Why did they bring a giant heavy machine gun in a into space when weight and size of things is an absolute factor of everything? They have to like strip down and they can't bring a ton of shit with them to space because it just weighs too much. It, the fuel needed to propel that machine gun is too heavy for them to 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 do. It if you ever look into this stuff, it's just crazy how much they can't bring just because it just weighs too much. They the, the fuel is what makes it weigh too much. Because it has to have fuel to put that weight in the space. So, what the fuck? Why are you bringing a machine gun? Anyway, 
Corey shoots Bob for his water. He's on the side of a hill. Bob falls, rolls down the hill, just like Pearson did. But not as hilarious. It actually made sense. He was on top of the hill, standing, like I said. So, Corey's like, it was nothing personal. I had to do this, you know. This trend's been the monsters. Your one thing was bringing the rule book here. You're not in charge. Nobody's in charge. Man, we're wild. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. He starts taunting a dead body. They do that a lot in the show. And then, um, they revealed that Corey shot the canteen when he shot Bob, which I thought was going to be like, I wasn't sure. I knew he killed him, but it would have been like, haha, I'm alive. You shot my canteen. No, I didn't do that. But then he look, looks at the water thing. It's empty. And he's like, uh huh. I didn't even care. The guy, he just wanted to murder somebody. He just loves to murder. Corey is a murderer. He loves it. It's a, it's a quirk. Indulge him. Just let him kill you. Big fucking deal. So it just doesn't even phase him that there's no water. Um, Corey starts climbing the mountain to see what Pearson was writing about or drew the picture about. Um, he's just climbing, climbing, climbing for like the last five minutes of this episode while Rod, Rod Serling taunts him. He's just like, Corey, climbing the mountain. What a pussy. He's like, yeah. He literally says, yeah, Mr. Corey, yeah. You better keep moving. Keep making footprints. Yeah, you monster. Like, just, you piece of shit. Like that, what was that episode, The Four of Us Are Dying? It's like, this piece of shit that nobody likes. No, it was, uh, wasn't that. It was the What You Need episode with the the piece of shit asshole that nobody liked. So it's only been like three days since I did that episode and I still forgot what the name of the episode was. It's kind of amazing. My memory is, I do so many different little things that my memory is just can't keep track of this stuff. So, Rod's making fun of him the whole way up the fucking hill. You keep making footprints on wooden up with you piece of shit. And then uh, Corey gets to the top, and then he's like, I knew what you meant. I knew what you meant, Pearson. And he starts, like, holding his uniform, like, grabbing at it, and then he starts grabbing the crotch of it and, like, bends down and, like, ah. And I'm like, he, looks like, he looks like a toddler who has to pee but doesn't know how to communicate that yet. So he just holds his crotch and is like, ah. Like, I know what you meant, Pearson. <laughs> I have to pee myself. I drink so much water. Even though it, it, with this amount of sweating, I don't think any of it would go through, would make it through to your urethra. Um, anyway, they had, they got weird. They got weird, didn't it? So they had, this is the very end of the episode, so. They, that's the end, by the way. You see that it's 97 miles outside of Reno, Nevada. And that's where the episode ends. Rod taunts him some more. But Corey gets to live. Corey was, it, it kind of, oh, two things, two things are left. It kind of goes against the meaning of the episode. Corey was right. I mean, he could have not killed them, but that wouldn't have led... I guess if Pearson just found it and then went and told them, they would have got all gotten out. But in this world, in, this, in these circumstances, Corey just will get away with it, pretty much. He's probably going to go... He can't... He's going to get away with murder, probably, because he can claim insanity and he's working for the government. I don't know. I don't know if he'll get away with it. I really don't. But he's going to live, is the point. He will live. He, What he can do is go plant the gun in Pearson's hands. I don't know. He can get away with something and be like, oh my god, what the hell happened? And go shoot himself in the foot and then climb down there. He can do something. He's a psychopath with a water addiction. Water addicts are known for their their sly, their cunning. So, 
Okay, that's that's fine. The other thing though is remember I said earlier, remember this when how nobody remembers the crash, but they remember what happened before the crash. That's the important thing. They say they don't remember what happened. They remember an explosion and the electricity went out. Okay. Do you not remember being right next to fucking Earth? Do you not remember not seeing an asteroid? Do you remember not... The point is, their memory had to be wiped out for 12 hours before that. They had to... They would know they weren't far away from Earth. They, the timing wouldn't align that, right, that way. The, nothing of this, of this makes sense, really. There's no reason they would think that they were on Earth. They would... That was weird. We're only in the air for like, I don't know, 13 minutes. I think they must have left Earth and then crashed back. Like, they must have left the atmosphere. But they weren't gone for like six hours and then came back. They must have been gone a long time for them to not think that they were on Earth, is my point. It's either they were very far away and somehow they landed on Earth. Or they're just really stupid people who didn't realize they went up and then right back down, like, like an arrow would. I, I don't know. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't, but it's a cool story. It's it's fun to watch. I like the actor that plays Corey a lot. He's he's a psychopath. He he should be one of those guys like Jason or Freddy, just one of those you know classic horror movie villains. He needs to be on, on that list. Just Corey with it, with an E. Corey with an E. He's just got letters to spare. Anyway, um, check out AmericantShow.com, guys. Check it out. Fun show. Good stuff. Um, share Americant with your friends, your enemies, your family, your your loved ones, people you hate, your your PO. I don't know. Share it with everybody. I don't give a shit. That's a fun show, though. Video show, 15 minutes long per episode. Shitty Movie Showdown is coming out, guys. I just finished the first script, or the script for episode one. Um, I got a bunch of titles made, like images. I have the intros made. Got a horror movie one. Got a 2001 reference one. You'll see it. You'll see it when it comes out. I don't want to spoil them. But they're fun. The show's going to be awesome. It's going to be very strange. It's going to be very, very dramatic, followed by just a funny show. It's going to be very weird. Just check it out when it comes out. Anyway, guys. Um, that's it. I'm going to head out. Facebook, Lord of Wonderland, Instagram, Twitter, LIW Studios. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, oh, sorry. And iTunes and Stitcher. Subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. It helps us out a lot. I really fucking appreciate it, guys. That's how we get, you know, eventually get sponsors on the for Lord of Wonderland. Anyway, guys, um, in the meantime, and until next time, I'm Phoenix West. So long, citizens.